0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the DevThink Podcast with your usual host, Sean and
1: Nicola. It's been a while. What the hell, Sean?
0: It's been a couple months. I don't know. Well, the guy that I asked to edit the last six episodes hasn't done it for two years, so I'm waiting for him to get him posted.
1: Yeah, I don't know. We should fire that guy, like totally.
0: Yeah, but enough about us. I uh, We have a special guest in our virtual studio today. Who is he? How'd he get in here? And uh, what is he going to tell us about?
1: Yeah. So uh, I'm actually very happy to announce that today with us, we have uh, Pace Ellsworth, uh, who is a CEO of Nucleus. And he's also did a bunch of interesting stuff with Helium. But hey, I don't want to get ahead of him. So he's going to tell us all about it. Very interesting guy. So Pace, tell us a bit about yourself.
2: Thank you. Uh, I started doing some technical stuff when i was when i was a kid i had some brothers that coded on the ti-82 and uh uh, it's it's a really great way to start i i didn't do a whole lot of coding myself until college that was for a linguistics degree which is fun we could do some natural language processing projects and scraping google and things translation tools and then from there i didn't do coding immediately this was back in 2010 but I started getting into WordPress sites and doing templated sites for marketing purposes uh, and wanted to do something with this fancy new thing called cryptocurrency that I, that I'd heard about. Uh, I knew of a, a automated trading bot that was in some ways sophisticated. And I got some ideas from that came together with my brother and a few friends and we didn't know how to run a company. We didn't know how to, trade <laughs> anything financial uh, and and we didn't we didn't know um, you know as far as as far as that specific arena what we were doing really but it was crypto and it was and it was 2017 when we when we launched it we kind of rushed it into a launch and uh, just like that just like with any crypto project we got you know five to ten thousand users within three to six months thereabouts and then uh, but we launched in November 2017. Well, in December 2017, something happened in the crypto market. The bubble popped uh, for that cycle. And, and so 2018, we were scrambling, just psychotically trying to figure out how to learn what we needed to know to make it work. And we couldn't. Uh, you know, we talked to some partners here or there to try to make it work, but it didn't. it didn't work. So we folded it. We essentially we essentially paused it. We never we never said we stopped it or, or 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 you know sold it or anything like that or or just closed it down. But we paused in January February of twenty nineteen, and then we kind of each had to go get separate jobs in order to pay our own personal bills and um, lick our wounds and 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 then just do a bunch of research to try to figure out how to get back. So I got um, this one just you know, small corporate technical sales thing. And then I, and then I, and then I got a job at Lambda school, which is one of the foremost uh, remote only uh, coding schools in the U S right now. So what's really nice about it is they, they're the first ones to make a, a really big show out of the a model of you don't pay anything until after you get a job. So they're really focused on job placement so that they can get a portion of your salary, kind of a, a very extended recruitment model um and uh, uh but but really trying to focus on being a good school so that they could earn the, the high job placement so it's been amazing working with them I've, it's just been part-time I've, I've been teaching uh just just intro to web html css javascript the basics and it's it's been very nice shortly after i i got that uh people started bombarding me on linkedin right so it's all kinds of recruiters and, and, uh, and other collaborators. And so I, I did get contacted by, uh, you know, uh, an offshore developer who was like, Hey, I could work with you and we could make something happen. We could, we could build something that you could, you could help me get the clients. You could work with the clients and I could, I could do some of the code. And, um, and I didn't know how best to do that either. So I said, yes, because I'm, I'm a guy that says yes a lot, but, I did it. And so the start of 2020, I started a, a new company to, to, you know, be a freelance agency and I got as many small jobs as I could, mainly through Upwork. Later, I transitioned and used angel.co a little bit and and used some other uh, websites, try to work directly through LinkedIn. Um, But basically that's, that's, that's how I started. And Upwork is a fantastic place for someone to just start as a, as a low level developer, just, just doing their own projects or, or a mid, mid or senior level developer, but just doing your own projects by yourself or working with a small group, it, it, it works okay. Just that way.
1: Okay, awesome. That, uh, that,
2: that's where I got to to about early 2020. That's, that's where we'll pause for now.
1: Exactly, so awesome. So we're gonna pause here for a second. Uh, you kind of like glanced over Helium. Uh, can you tell us a bit about like what it was, what it actually did? Sure. Yeah. So we, we connected with an API to Uphold,
2: which is, which is one uh, wallet, right? It's a wallet. It's a, it's a cryptocurrency wallet and national currency wallet. Uh, They they focus heavily on their European market too. And they're, they're definitely, you know, well tertiary to, to the things like Coinbase or or some of the bigger uh, cryptocurrency exchanges. So they focus on, on just the facility of, of some of the wallet features and, 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 but just doing everything in a well-regulated fashion. So they haven't grown as catastrophically as, as many of the others, but, but they're very clean interface and everything. When we started with them, their fees were super, super, super low, like basically free and they rose over time. And so, it, so that, was, that was one other compounding factor in, in, in trying to build what we did with Helium, which was essentially uh, a black box strategy to just automatically trade uh, crypto uh, and move between various different various different currencies, according to some technical analysis strategy. The ones we started with were very rudimentary. We learned over time that we should have been more you know sophisticated with them, but it never got really good. So we didn't really solve the problem of 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 having a, a very profitable strategy. But and part of it was the environment of the crypto environment and the prices crashing in in twenty eighteen. And the other was the specific wallet we were working with and and it not being you know it not having the, the the professional trading environment that we needed for low fees and and you know high volume and and more control and being able to see the order book and things like that so so uh we, we just we didn't know that we'd really you know we'd chosen the wrong locations you know essentially the wrong location in time the wrong the wrong, uh, partners for that for that time, actually, at least. And, uh, so we, we really tried to make it work though. We had a, you know, a decent idea. We thought, we thought if you just traded, uh, if you just went from one currency, these are all bouncing up and down relative to each other. There's one day there's, you know, it's like popcorn, right? You just watch coin market cap from one day to the next and some, something's going to be on top one day and, and a different one the next day. So we thought, Let's just move from whichever one is up to whichever one is down. That one's going to go up eventually. Well, we found out the hard way, uh, at least at least because of the big crash, that things like Bitcoin Gold fall hard and they fall hardest. <laughs> and so everything moved into Bitcoin Gold, and it didn't move out of Bitcoin Gold into anything else because Bitcoin Gold didn't beat anything ever. Uh, so that that was an example of of why. Most of the people in Helium lost most of the money they put in. Got it. Um, so, Got it. Yeah.
1: And t- tell me this, um, since obviously you kind of like hinted at this, where you said, you know, I kind of like put it on the pause. We never really killed it. Mm-hmm. Knowing what you now know, uh, would you want to restart it? And what would you d- do differently? Yes, we're going to bring it back, 100%. So we started, we, it was actually a Laravel uh, front
2: end and a Python back end um, to that, that's what we should be talking about.
1: Wait, and wait, uh, how come it was Laravel uh, front-end and, uh, wait, what did you say, Python backend? I mean, Laravel is basically PHP. It is, yes. Um, it was purely because <laughs> the
2: developer that, that we got to do the front-end was good in Laravel. And the, and the scripts that we started with when we didn't have a front-end, when we were just doing back-end, they were all in Python.
1: Cool. You see, so it didn't just lo- kind of, I didn't lose my uh, sort of Yeah, uh, <laughs> developer yeah we, logo, No, it right? wasn't,
2: it wasn't master planned. We didn't, we didn't have, we didn't put the design in first. We didn't put the, the, the business model together first. It was, it was very much kind of incidental to us wanting to make something, you know, which is a very much, you know, the goal of so many developers is just to want to build. And sometimes it doesn't matter what, or, or you have a very, strong goal of wanting to build something great. But so many developers are not, you know, the visionaries or the entrepreneurs or the managers that can make those things happen by thinking about what are the pitfalls and what are the problems, you know, with, with the, not just building a specific solution, but putting it out in the market and, and, and working with other people and getting a bunch of customers from a different bunch of different countries. So, uh, you know, that was, that was a big learning experience but I've definitely learned a lot more in the past year and a half of running a successful company uh, where everything was much more well-planned and, and thought out. And the products, the, the projects that, you know, the mostly freelance projects that I've been doing, um, I just, I take a very you know sound approach to them and make sure that, you know, it's it, it's the process is improving over time, obviously for, for how well we do proposals and contracts and, and, uh, and follow up with our developers and, 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 and deliver things to the client, get feedback, do, do designs and, and things. But what I would do differently this next time is, is uh, plan out the, the model and think of as many edge cases and difficulties in, in how it would execute to, you know, how, how executing the business model would work. Do the entire design in Figma for the marketing site the uh, the the app, whether it's a web app or strictly a, a mobile first or just straight to mobile native. And and then pick a stack and you know methodically for how how well it would work together. Uh, most likely it would probably be a a, a, a MERN stack or or there or thereabouts in React Native. And uh, so we could use it on iOS and Android, and, and then go from there and, and then think carefully about, about the regulatory issues and, and uh, the access issues and how, if we're going to do this just in the U.S. or internationally, whether we're going to focus equally on those or, or to one over the other. So um, definitely putting in as much planning time as possible because I don't want to repeat any of the issues.
1: So, Sean, what's that good quote? Plans are useless. Planning is everything.
0: Something along uh, those lines. I don't know. I like the one that uh what is it? A week of coding coding can change, can save you an hour of thinking. Something like that.
2: <laughs> yes, yeah, something like that. Like a realization I had recently with with one of our newest hires who who is probably most like me and anyone that I've met so far, just like always trying to put, you know getting jobs just to pay for other projects and things like that. Um, and, and just always, always coding, always wanting to do more. And we just realized that if we'd spent so much more time designing, just doing UX UI design, not development, then we'd be able to, you know, decide with the clients or, or internally how these projects are going to go. And, and he told me, yeah, we, put, we spent two weeks of design on a project and then we built it in two days. Um, because at that point, what, what's what's the impediment? You don't you don't have to stop development and take it back, test it, and ask what's next. You know, because everything is is there beforehand. To use like a religious metaphor, it's it's created spiritually before it's created physically. Um, yeah. So that's 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 one way to look at it.
0: I forget who it was, but somebody I know and I were talking about coding recently, and they said that as a developer. We tend to, if we have an idea, we immediately start thinking, okay, what database am I, am I going to use? How am I going to code the backend? How's all this stuff going to work together? When what you should be doing is forgetting that, you know, anything about technology and trying to envision it from the user's perspective and see if you can, you know, that will ultimately dictate everything else. You don't have to spend a lot of time on that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Uh, Sean, do you maybe want to dig deeper into this crypto stuff or do we move on to the company side, which I'm interested in?
0: Um, well, I have a couple notes here, but the, the main thing since you brought up the crypto part, Nicola, is, uh, uh, Pace, are you familiar with Humble? And uh, what do you think about relaunching?
2: You mean the Humble bundle of discounted video games?
0: No, no, Humble. <laughs> as, in, as in Humble Pay?
2: no uh i i think i i think maybe that's crossed my radar but no
0: okay they're they're basically um successfully doing exactly what you were describing buying and selling crypto automatically so you can have a a coinbase or a bittrex account and get the api key and give it to them and then for five dollars a month they execute trades on your behalf and it's h-u-m-b-l without a final I see it.
2: okay Humble Financial. an etx on coinbase pro yeah yeah so this is pretty much exactly what we were trying to do um Uh,
0: not a zero-sum game though by any means
2: definitely not one thing that we another thing that we're looking at is working with a big data company uh specifically at, at at some foundational types of signals uh and using stocks as well so um we don't want to put all of our eggs just in in the crypto basket but the cool thing about the last three or four years is is how much how much the adoption at an industry level has is merging crypto with with traditional investments uh, already so so this is this is very interesting though and I think um I think there there are eventually going to be some very good apps in that space and I'd like to have one of them uh especially if it's something that that has a really good story behind it. Like, hey, we we failed. We came back. We're doing something much more radically transparent, altruistic this time, and and solving all the issues we had before, solving regulatory and access issues, and and uh, using using more symbols and and better strategies, better technology, um, and and so that's that's really that's really what I'd like to see, and I, and it, it it helps me a lot whenever I see companies doing it right um, and doing things right. It's like different companies are doing things well in different ways. Uh, But I'm really curious about, yeah, about this one and and taking a look.
0: Yeah, it's definitely um, here and it's going to continue to keep coming. And the big, I guess, huge shift in the industry is going to be when the big banks finally give in and start integrating crypto. Yeah checking accounts and trading and wallets into their standard offering. So, and that's coming companies or startups are working on that, but.
2: Yeah, definitely. There are a lot of like the, the web banks, the small companies like chime and, and mercury and things like that that are getting into that. And they have the, they have the agility to, to do that as long as they're, you know, their banking partners, the, the foundational banks that they actually work through as um, you know, that, that actually have the licenses and things approve of that type of a model, which, I think I think there are enough people that are that have grown up, grown up because you know with crypto it's been so long, that uh, that are that are entering those positions of of influence that I think it's going to happen fairly quickly, or much more rapidly in the next few cycles. So in the next five to ten years. Yeah,
0: so much red tape in any financial company that does uh, transfers across uh, national borders. Just even forgetting all regulations, just exchange rates alone mm-hmm. are nightmare but i have one last thing it's not exactly on the uh crypto front but uh in when you were beginning you were talking about what you did uh, a lot of people they're like i'm a coder i want to start something and they don't really know exactly where to start and the common wisdom is scratch your own itch find a problem that you're personally suffering from and do something and if it's actually valuable other people will be interested but it kind of sounds like you did the opposite you said hey look this crypto thing is going to be hot why don't we ride that?" yeah way? And get I, would,
2: I would I would say check check yourself on your idea first like you like you're saying make sure it's something that's very useful for people in in improving upon some foundational need you know uh, or something very very applicable to not just their their whims or their or, or their you know their interests but but something something very useful okay. and then and then make sure you do it at the right time and with the right partners in the right place and make sure you're dotting your eyes because, You should work with people that build businesses, not just, especially businesses in the space that you're trying to work in. Uh, Don't just wing it because uh, there are too many pitfalls.
0: Yeah, most developers, uh, they have the skill to build an entire business entirely under their own blood, sweat, and tears, but very few of them can or know how to or want to know how to create a legal entity, register it, raise funding, do marketing, all that stuff. So are you, would you advise that kind of person to go to the business section of the bookstore buy some books and learn it or find a partner that's already savvy in that who maybe doesn't have the technical chops or what
2: I would find a partner I would say doing something alone is very difficult and I wouldn't assume unless you already know it about yourself that you're the kind of person that can be both a business owner and a manager and and a developer and you know it's possible for people to do that but obviously you know very little time passes between them building something useful and needing to have another, you know, a full team behind them in order to make it grow.
0: So I would say,
2: I would say having a partner, especially someone that you can see at nearly an equal footing, if not equal, then that, that is extremely helpful.
0: Excellent. And also you don't burn out quite as quickly.
2: Definitely. Yeah. You need someone, you need someone to, you know, let, (laughs) let your emotions flow onto a little bit, have someone to bounce things off of too. Um, so many of the people in, in, in this space are, you know, have mental neurodivergences and their ADHD or something. And they, and they, they can't function always, you know, by themselves or, or, or at least they need somebody to, to work in front of, even if they're not interacting with them. Um, yeah. So it's a, it's, it's a synergistic thing definitely. And I would definitely find someone if you're trying to build a company or, or build off of a single idea or just build an agency I would work with someone else that has qualities that you don't.
0: Yeah. And uh, it sounds like more and more of the common wisdom is becoming people who have had those kind of slight differences that maybe people have seen as a limitation in the past actually have more than made up for it in some other aspect of their ability to concentrate or focus. And they can accomplish things that others can't like uh, Bram, I forget his last name, Bram, it's not Cohen, the guy who invented BitTorrent, right? He has Asperger's and, he was able to envision sit down and create that as a solo project. And that's changed the world in some ways.
2: Yeah, they are definitely those people that are just fantastic engineers and they kind of develop the business around them. Um, but I think largely it's because the people that are unnamed are just really good managers that are on their teams and and they leave all of the <laughs> the, the people stuff to them and they stay focused on the product.
0: Um, yeah, when you work in a huge company as a developer you kind of look around at all the people with the 17 pay levels above you going, what do they even do? You know, like right. I should be getting that money.
1: But only until you get to that position and you realize, Oh my God, I was so wrong. Yeah, because you,
2: if you're in management, you know, that you know just as much about the code or at least roughly what it's supposed to do as the person that's building it and you know why they're doing it. And they don't, they might not know why. And you are shielding them from mountains of difficulties uh, and and you're making sure that they keep getting paid. Uh, I think people forget about that a lot, uh, about yeah. how many people are required at least, at least temporarily until everything is automated uh, on the marketing side and the sales side and the financial side and the legal side and, and all of that.
0: Yeah, developers have no clue what managers shield them from. And I yeah. remember... As a developer, I thought managers don't ever work. They just go to meetings. That's not the same as work. Then you become a manager. Uh, Nicole and I both had that experience around the same time, and it was like, I'm doing more work. And not only am I doing more work, but the developers know exactly what they're supposed to do from morning till night. There's always a ticket to fill. But we have to kind of create our own work because there is no... You know, here's a list of things. If you do this and this and this, mm-hmm. you will be a great manager. Your bosses right. will love you. Your people will love you. Nope.
2: It, it's it's a different list every day and I'm always making new lists. And, and, and the manager is the one that's getting on the extra phone call that wasn't scheduled with the client to convince them not to redo the entire application, but rather use what we currently have and uh, just add a single feature to implement more easily what they're looking for in the next phase,
0: you know? You no know, you always it's, do a, f- a fresh rewrite, right? A fresh rewrite. yeah, every time yeah,
2: especially especially, especially a new engineer comes on the project and they're like, "I want to redo this
0: that's that happens
2: that. that's that's the other side of the coin is 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 this the all star hot shot and en- senior engineer that's really good at what they do. Uh, they don't like this the tech stack that you that you have them on. Um, so it might just be easier for them to rewrite the whole thing so they can work more effectively. Uh, and th- and you know. They're really good at what they do, though. So you can you think about it seriously, and then you're like, no, we've already put a year worth of work into this. There's a lot of other people already on the project, um, and the best thing to do, I think, is is to make sure that that person is to, is doing what they do and and put them on a project that 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 can they can use their skill set the best. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's. that those are the those are the struggles of the manager is dealing dealing with keeping the company running internally and externally
1: which is actually a great segue i would say into this whole okay great so you've built an agency can like can you tell us more about that obviously i know a bit more but you know please tell us more so i so it started uh early 2020
2: got a few projects work working exclusively with the with a team of some offshore developers um uh, mostly, in, mostly in Asia, started to find a few more in Philippines, uh, India, and then from Lambda School found some in Nigeria, and then other developers in the U.S. And we're really a remote-first group. Uh, my the first person I hired internally uh, for, you know, just managing the development team. Uh, his name's Sean. He's he's a, he's an amazing developer and but a really good manager. And uh, he was in Virginia right now. He lives in Spain um and and so he uh uh but, but yeah it was it was it was fantastic for for once to be able to have someone to say you go to the meeting not me <laughs> i've got an most of the most of the time because i've got another meeting to go to um but but also just to have them set their own times with the developers and and meet with them every day or twice a week and find out what the issues are with with uh achieving the build and then starting to implement tools that are advantageous to running the company like a ticketing system or a or a project management software and we use we use clickup uh, which is a lot like a lot like Asana uh, I think it's a little bit newer and a little bit cleaner uh, and the, they're working they're working through new features a little bit faster and uh, that's pretty good um, asana like JIRA but but yeah uh, and then we have some other things too and starting to use different building tools like Firebase or, or Mongo or, or whatever, uh, Heroku, Netlify. We have a bunch of sites up on Netlify. Um, and so, yeah, I would say it just, it, it grew really gradually up until we got one project a few months ago where we got a contract with a contractor of IMAX, the premier, um, you know, high-end theaters. And we got to build a promo for one of the recent movies that they, that they had. Um, it was the suicide squad. It was uh, it was actually part of like an in theater experience for, for people in the U S that saw the movie. Um, what changed, what changed there for us is the understanding that one, we could get asked to do a project a month before the deadline and we could do it. And we could build something that was useful for tens of thousands of people uh, in that short of a time. The other was we got a big, we got a big payment from that. Like all at once we got, you know, $20,000. And I was thinking maybe I could just hire a bunch of people. (laughs) It would, it would increase our monthly payroll by a lot, but with that many new people, we could work harder on existing projects or take on new projects and we could make it up. We could increase the revenue uh, accordingly. So that's what I did. And so our team grew from like 12, three months ago to like 25 today. So it, uh, I was really happy to do it because I saw so much lack and I saw so much potential in the, in the, the ideas and the projects that we're working on that it just made sense. So as far as how business is going to grow, if you're trying to to build one or build an agency, especially, uh, it, it's going to take a lot of work, and you're kind of you can either have to just hustle your way through project uh, over project and try to do that marginally faster if you're using Upwork or or some other site to a um, like Guru or some of the other sites where you can pitch uh, to to clients, or um, work work through your network. I mean, just I think most of the projects that we have that we've gotten are actually just from people that are in the company, telling people on Facebook, hey, I'm working for this company, <laughs> or I just got hired at this company. And then someone comments, a cousin or a friend is like, hey, I've been wanting to build an app for my website or for my employees or something. We, that, that, that's actually where most of our business comes from. And, and I think people, because of, because of anxiety or, or fear, or just lack of, lack of understanding, they, they don't realize that most of the business that people get especially for small businesses is just word of mouth and, and personal networks.
0: Excellent. Yeah. That was going to be my next question. If you hire a bunch of people, not knowing that you're going to have work for them for the next six months or two years. And w- why isn't there the fear that you're going to have to lay them off in some amount of time? And you're saying that it sounds like what you're saying is the, the path is you start off with sites like Upwork and you market as much as possible. You just put your nose to the grindstone and eventually just the word of mouth and the relationships you build, it'll just start snowballing. There's no, hey, it's a secret website where you get work. No, it's just it. It,
2: it can. Um, I would. I would say that obviously the biggest, the fastest growing startups and everything, they just do. They just have one simple application and they do it well. You know, and and it just grows really quickly because the word of mouth of the goodness of the idea of the one single idea. A sure. freelance agency is different. You know, they. You're going to learn. I think it's a really good way to build into finding a product. If you don't know what product you want to build right now, but you want to build a company to build that product, start a freelance dev shop. You actually don't need to know how to code to do this. (laughs) You can work with, you can even work with developers that, that do know how to code. And I would, I would highly recommend, um, people in the Philippines, India, Africa, and South America. They're willing to work on us schedules. Um, they, uh, you could also work with Eastern Europe. You could also work with China or some other countries. Croatia, uh, for sure. Croatia, mm-hmm, yeah, and <laughs> many other many other. No, we too, m- too expensive. Um, but that was and that was my my next comment. It's not always too expensive. Definitely, there are people that are willing to work for less, and you'll find junior developers in the U.S. that are willing to work for fifteen an hour. Um, you know, they're entry level developers, but uh, especially right out of school because they don't know any better. Uh, or they haven't ever had any better, uh, even though we're you know we're trying to get them to to the next level. But uh, but yeah, so I would say if you're if you're wanting to start something, just get as many projects as you can by by putting your your name out there and you do need to have something of a you know you do need to be a little bit persuasive. you do need to be you need to at least sound like you know what you're doing with clients. Uh, otherwise you you won't get picked on upwork. Um, and, and, uh, and so that it helps to either have the experience or, or work closely with people that do, uh, to, to get, to get those jobs. So here but then I eventually, agree. eventually you'll get ideas that you can turn into service businesses that, that you can grow, uh, and, and make a positive
1: change somewhere in the
2: world because somebody needs what you have.
1: Cool. Yep. Got it. This actually makes sense. And, uh, here's my question way, way, way many years ago. I started on Upwork, it was not called Upwork then, it was called Odesk, by the way. (laughs) Those of you that remember, right? Um, And really grinded my way up. Started very low, one digit dollar per hour, kind of like uh, salary and whatnot, and really grinded it out. And then at some point, what usually always happened, and probably nobody's gonna sue me for this, at some point, certain client that you do a lot of work with, they kind of like take you off the platform and then you work for them directly they end up employing you full-time and whatnot, but that's, you know, individual, individually, right? And I would even argue that today, as an individual developer, if you can't find work, then there's something honestly wrong, right? Just everybody's searching for developers, right? To touch on something that we also, um, as a side note, talk a lot about on this podcast, and it is, it is not enough to be a very good developer right sure to get you through the door but to keep you there and more importantly to rise through the ranks you're gonna have to pick up another not another but a lot of other skills most notably this thing called communication you can be the best programmer ever but if you can't communicate that to your manager to your hey boss if like a ceo even if you will if you have the best idea ever you're not gonna do well, right? And then it's you're always gonna be complaining about, oh, they didn't understand and this and that. No, 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 trust me, it is you. It is always you, right? So there's that. Circling back, here's my main question now, and it is, okay, great. So as an individual, that's how you do it. So basically, Larry's saying it is the same as an agency, basically. Go in, uh, pitch as many projects as you can, and then hope that because, again, From what I've understood, you know, you've got like offshore developers, but what I'm uh, understanding is you are the main point of contact. And because obviously you're a native speaker, that kind of like puts you above the fold basically of other applicants, which, you know, don't spell properly and whatnot, right? So Basically, the question is, how are you able to compete with other, I would assume, lower offers, right? Because this was back in the day, the main problem as well. yeah that's
2: yeah that's definitely that's definitely challenging and and it's obviously why so many offshore developers in order to get higher paying projects they work with americans and and they partially because most projects need them to like they will only hire americans american companies will almost only ever hire americans it's it's a it's 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 an unfortunate you know it's actually a very unfortunate reality um you know even even difficult you know to hire someone from canada or europe uh or or, or australia or new zealand or anywhere that's you know anglo anglophone so it's it's a very very difficult um i would say that so you need to obviously know where where you're applying because there are certain sites that you know are just populated with almost exclusively u.s jobs and so Upwork isn't one of those. Uh, I think you know people on there aren't too picky, but you need to apply to a lot of them, a lot of different, uh, a lot of different things. And I think I think people don't understand the sheer number that you might need to go through. Uh, it's not going to be as easy as you want or you think, um, and it, so you might need to apply to a hundred or three hundred different jobs in order to get a good one you know, whether you're looking for a full-time job for yourself or whether you're just a freelancer trying to get, trying
1: to get a, a decent sized project. Uh, yeah, um, here's my, I, I have no yeah. problem sharing this. I specifically remember a friend and I, a full week, eight hours every day for $50. We got so drunk after we got that payment. Right. And here's what I'm trying to say. Once you get that first job, do whatever you can to rock it. I don't care if it's 10 pennies per hour that you've earned, but that client is going to get you to another one, another one, and then the snowball starts, right?
0: So I have a, uh, I I think that some of the previous part of the discussion might give some listeners who uh, are exactly the kind of people that you're trying to reach here and teach, might have given them a little bit of the wrong impression. So I'm going to give you kind of a confrontational accusatory uh, kind of question, because I know you can dig your way out of it, and I want people to to get the other half, the unspoken half of the story from what you were saying before. So, you were talking about people for, who are willing to work for less, and Asia, which we know India is a part of, and a lot of places where they have much lower income, and you even said people who will work in, for less in the U.S. because they don't know any better. Why isn't this exploitation? Why aren't we telling people, hey, screw this guy, Get your own upwork account and get your own jobs what are you what are you building what advantage is there for them to work for you than to say i'm going to do it myself
2: and it certainly could be exploitation like right up right up front yes uh it is it is easy for someone to and and this is this is the, the goes in line with all of the other business models that people are proud of where where they can buy something for a dollar and do something very small with it Relatively small per per item uh, per unit, and sell it for thirty dollars. You know,
0: Just take it to a flea market, and put it on a table.
2: <laughs> yes, yeah. It's and 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 very often that's all that 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 is the case is is simply taking something in bulk, and and bringing it to the right market where it where that market doesn't have that thing readily available, and thus it's in higher demand, and the price is different there. And that's 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 arbitrage. You know. And sometimes the markup on arbitrage is ridiculously high. So I would say part of it is you might not have some intrinsic skills yet that that person that's able to leverage you does have. And and it's what Nicola was saying about those communication skills or those soft skills. You might not be able to develop those very easily. It might be very difficult for you to develop those. There are people that will never ask for help no matter how much they need it. Maybe because they don't know what help they need. Or maybe just because they're uncomfortable talking with people and or asking for help in general. But the the sad fact is that usually when you do ask people for help, they'll actually give you something useful. Um, so So I would say it's very difficult for people to overcome that. But most of the problem that people would have in just going out on their own and trying to get top dollar by themselves is, is the rest of the of of the package of of being able to solve the problems in running in running a program or a service or a business, and um, someone coming to you and asking hard questions about why something is broken, and, and not being able to and, and not breaking down in, in the face of that, you know, being able to power through when there are these problems in, you know, suddenly they're like, oh well, we need it two weeks sooner, and you're like, well, we we found a problem, we actually need to redo the whole thing. How do you solve that,
0: you know? And, and it's it, even what it, it takes a language barrier, that's a challenge. Yes.
2: yes. and a language barrier and a nationality barrier, licenses and 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 you know registrations and things like that, those are huge barriers. And some of those are relics, I would say, very obsolete relics that are persistent in the world today that eventually won't be there. But for now, because of the accident of where of how you were born, where you live, and what you were born with, whether it's in your personality, your intelligence, your experience, you, you might need help to get to where you want to go. You can't start from nothing and do it all yourself. Uh, so you would and, argue don't, and don't try. Yeah, because the whole point of this, this entire endeavor is to build things not only for ourselves, for our own hobbies, but which, which lots of devs do and it's fun and they're really proud of those projects and that's great. But it's to build something to make somebody else's life better. So you need to listen to them and realize that they're a person too and they have wants and needs and, and they care about things and and you can work with them and say, what do you need the most? And that goes just as much for talking to a client and asking what they need so they'll pay you something as it does for working with a business partner and saying, what do you need? How can I help you get, get what you need and, and then ask them, you know, how can I help you? So it's it don't do it by yourself just because you think you you can do it by yourself um do it by yourself because you absolutely know that you have the skills to do it by yourself and feel free to try feel free to try and then learn quickly um what you're missing and maybe it's going to be frustrating for you because you won't know what you're missing like when i was with helium i didn't know what i was doing wrong why why the business wouldn't just work it wasn't until nucleus that i that i realized running a successful business takes a lot and we don't even have like a full-time salesperson, full-time legal, full-time financial manager. Um, those are things that, that will come in time. Um, but, but it, it, you know, I do need a lot of other people. I can't do it all myself, especially if I have 20 projects.
0: All right. So you would argue that you're actually elevating people by giving them this opportunity That they may not have discovered the soft skills on their own, that sort of thing.
2: Definitely, definitely. And and if you so like, if I hire someone at seven dollars an hour or twelve dollars an hour, and they prove that they can do something well, it's so easy for me to take you know the output that they're producing with me and with other people for a project that we're getting paid eighty an hour for. It's easy for me to value their contribution, and if they come to me and say, hey, I need a raise or I need a bonus or I need, or I need something, or proactively, I say, man, I haven't really rewarded this person enough. <laughs> I want to make sure I keep them and that they don't take their experience somewhere else. Uh, I'm going to increase their, their pay by 20%, 50%, because that's easy to do from 12 to 18, from, from 7 to 10 Uh, it's much easier to do that than it is to increase someone from 60 to 70 an hour.
0: Yeah. Uh, So. And a couple more uh, pieces of that, which you, you kind of said earlier, but it wasn't put in this context, which is one, if you're building a stable of people, you have a collection of skills where your company is greater than the sum of its parts and each one of them gets to benefit from that. So that's also that they can tackle jobs and maybe get a, f- a portion of the pay from a job they couldn't have gotten because they only had a third of the skill set. But because you're able to put that team together, you're able to make it happen. And then, as you also uh, said uh, outright before, you are doing freelance work now, yes, but you are going to create one or more products and you are going to have a company putting out that product and who are you going to hire, right? You're going to hire the- yeah.
2: I mean, it's, it's systems. It's, it's all really just systems and connections. Like you, you could, you could draw any number of analogies to a full stack. You know, you can't just have a backend. Uh, you can't, you can't just have the engine of the car because you know, you just have, you could put three, three engines in a car. And if there's no transmission and no steering and, wow. and stuff, then, then you're going to have, you're going to have some trouble. Um, but, uh, yeah, or, or, really or it could make it, it could make it worse. Yeah, exactly. So, so you you need to be well-rounded, you know. If you're not the complete package yourself, if you can't do every, if you can't do all of one thing super well, uh, and that and that thing is what you want to do, then then you need to work with people to either to either complete you, to be the other puzzle pieces, or or you need to have them teach you so that you can you know you can be that good person, and become that senior developer that everyone just knows can do anything um if 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 they're just pointed in the right direction cool.
0: that's yeah, the biggest wanna.
2: part i think is like just just getting in instru- being able to take a, a small instruction and produce the end product without any further discussion is an intense amount of skill um and and it's You're very it, it takes takes a long time to develop that no exactly. matter who you are
0: yeah so i don't want to take a, a half hour on this one point i just want to make sure that yeah and hear that and get turned off and go oh this guy's a jerk you know
2: yeah, no, no, thank you. Because it, it does take it does take a lot to to learn it. And, and, and for for everybody's benefit, I went from like 15 an hour to well, I'm making about 15 an hour too right now, because I'm giving all of my money back to the business. But um, I went from my own work, working 15 an hour by myself, to hiring 10 other people at 20 to 30 an hour uh, plus 10 other people at, at, you know, 10 an hour or 10 to 15 an hour uh, in less than two years. So I think it's, I think it's pretty valuable for people to understand that, that, that that can happen too. And two years, it's like, you know, whatever, like that happens to startups every day, but that's how it happens. You have people that come from just out of school or just out of, you know, a part-time job to building something that works, but only because they did it with other people and only because they learned a lot along the way.
1: Cool. cool. I'll summarize, it's an open market. Um, until someone wants to buy something for the amount that you are offering, it's gonna work.
2: Yeah, that's right. It's a price discovery. And you, know, you, have, some, you have skills that are valuable. Everybody has some skill that's valuable. Uh, they just don't know how valuable it is until they start putting it out there and they they see they they see what other people are willing are willing to trade for it
1: cool and it's 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 a really consensual thing uh, i obviously know because i know sean uh knew why the question was like that and i'll tell you honestly and this is even on the show you pulled yourself out with when you said you know i'm gonna reward a person if i see that he's you know actually doing good stuff and making i'm not gonna say making me rich but doing good for me and I see that person, because why? Because why? Because I know for a fact, if I see that the person is good, and if I don't reward him, he's just gonna find another solution at some point, right? So I get to sleep soundly at night and this person is rewarded and he's actually happy that has such a good boss. Done. (laughs) Yeah,
2: no, and so often what's gonna happen is they are going to, if I don't reward them enough, they need to find other work. They might be embarrassed to ask me for it or or something, or they might just get some other opportunity that, that falls in their way. And they start working on that and they get even less time to me. And I'm frustrated that their output and they start working somewhere else and it's better for them anyway, because they make more money. And that's how they move from one position to another. There's no authenticity there either. Maybe it's better for them in the end. Maybe it's better for me in the end that I get someone that's more dedicated. But you know, uh, I think the best situation is you know, give give your all to a company that you like. If you if you like and respect your management, and and it's a really good culture and things like that, I think that's very important too. Don't just suffer in a place that's toxic for you. There's so much opportunity out there. The world is so connected. Thankfully, we have you know, you know, how, however many possible options that you have in your life. If you wait a little bit longer uh, to find the right one, don't suffer. Uh, you don't you don't have to anymore. Uh, you can you can definitely keep looking for a better for better position. But if you have a team that's really good for you, that's really nice culture, then then give them a lot and they'll likely give it back to you, especially if you ask. You're not a burden if you ask every six months or, or or even more often for for, you know, especially if you communicate it in a way like I really want to get somewhere, you know, I really want to want yeah. i really want to get to 15 an hour i really want to get to 30 an hour i really want to get to 40 an hour or i want to I, re- I really want this specific thing in my life i want to be able to work from home can you please you know get me get me internet at home or something like that yeah, um, you,
1: you nailed the main point and then promise yeah. we'll move we're going to move on uh ask and you will be given you don't ask you're not going to get anything period but anyways okay cool uh so let's try and summarize this somehow and bring it to cement because I just looked at the clock and I'm like, oh my God, one hour already? Like this was good. So uh, do you want to share something like for kind of like the closing? And then we're going to try to wrap up.
0: Yeah. Anything else we didn't ask you that you want to get out there? And of course, you know, do a plug.
2: Yeah, sure. So, so I mean, what I, what I definitely want to focus on is that there's a lot of opportunity out there, especially, I mean, there are thousands and thousands of new developers entering the market every single day, and which is, which is amazing. And what's, what's amazing about it is that there's demand for it. Uh, and there's, there's increasing demand. We didn't touch on, on how remote work has so foundationally improved this industry. Um, the, I would, I would basically say the biggest benefit of a global pandemic is that it has necessitated uh replacing bad technology with good technology and and so that that has been a benefit and it is an an, a lasting benefit to the software industry there's still a big problem with matching junior developers fresh out of school developers with work with companies that will hire them so the biggest thing I think we're working on right now is we're trying to build a a recruiting app that, that similar to some of the newer ones today is trying to break down a lot of the barriers and getting people matched up with those companies that are willing to hire junior developers. So that's what we're working on right now. Uh, we're not ready to push anything out live right now with that, but but we are looking for we are looking for companies that are wanting to hire junior developers because we have access to hundreds of developers that graduate every month from multiple coding camps in the US. And so if you want to hire a US developer uh, at a very low at, at relatively low low starting rates because these people are trying to start at 50K per year, 50 to 60. And they want to get to mid-level and senior level quickly. And we want that for them, too, also because there is no bottleneck in getting senior developers hired. Companies are tripping over themselves. You know, high-growth startups and big enterprises are tripping over themselves to hire senior developers. It's very easy for them to find work. It's very difficult for people to find work if they're just fresh out of school. So I I think we need to build a system that bypasses applications job interviews and uh you know job postings and 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 things to just get all the information in front of in front of employers uh, so they can skip that stuff and we just place people directly that fit a profile so that's that's what we're working on right now Uh, and 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 so if anybody wants to reach out to us uh then i think that's 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 what we'd like to do and and they could do that at nucleus.com that's nucleus with an i for innovation or many of the other I words and, uh, or we can, or you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm the only pace Ellsworth.
0: So yeah, will put everything in the show notes. So totally, can totally. from there as well. Uh,
2: so that's, that's pretty, that's pretty much it. I, I really want to fix the, the market for, for, for junior devs because it's very easy for them to gain experience and get to the senior level. Uh, it only takes a couple of years and, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I think we just need better systems for that. And it's going to take, to build those better systems, it's going to take a lot of junior devs too. So we're hiring a lot of them ourselves.
1: Awesome. I Actually, I'll add that I agree that this is a problem that needs solving because, and here from the organizational perspective, from someone who has to, not has to, wants to manage 40 plus people that are mostly senior, here's what I'm telling you that's going to happen. Well you can't promote them any higher, honestly. And then what happens, because the fact that you mentioned that there are other companies competing and tripping over, honestly, people start leaving just for the sake of leaving, if nothing else. And honestly, the sal- salaries have skyrocketed in the last two years, honestly, last year, honestly, most, most prominently. And if, and here's the kicker, you don't start hiring juniors so that the seniors actually help them get up to speed faster i don't know how much more you're going to be able to scale a company and here i'm talking about companies that you know around 100 plus people right really you have no juniors that's not going to end well
0: yeah and also you mentioned uh like 500 times junior devs, junior devs uh, what about non-developers in this industry such as front-end ui ux qa Uh, Are you looking for those type of people too? Should they get in touch? Yeah,
2: yes, definitely. Um, So I, like I just said, recently realized that we need to be doing probably more UX and UI design than we do development because, uh, you know, more time spent on that because it really takes people that know how to craft a story in order to save the developer time. And it's, it's good economics for a company to do that. It's very wise to, especially if you're a startup that's trying to raise money, to just get a really good, solid prototype out there, and there are some good tools like Figma that'll that'll let you do it uh, with, with something of a clickable prototype, so it looks almost like it's a real app. Um, and then, yeah, so one hundred percent UX/UI design, program management, team you know team leadership, marketing, and sales like those are all things that a that a dev agency needs in addition to in addition to developers. So if you want to be in a tech career, but it but not but not strictly coding. Uh, or that's just not your skill set or your, or your expertise or it doesn't fit your personality. You don't have to. There's so much that you could be doing in data science, data entry, design and
1: and uh, management and and everything else,
0: marketing. Excellent.
1: Cool. Got it. Awesome. This was a great talk, if I do say so myself. Thank you very much, Base, for coming in on the show. Um, no problem. Thank you, Sean, for co-hosting. And... Peace
0: out. See you next time, everybody. Thank you for listening to the DevThink podcast. You can contact us at info at DevThink. That's D-E-V-T-H dot I-N-K. Now, go accomplish something.